Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, September 11th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Kroczewski. Again, it's just me today. I know some of you are tuning in expecting to hear uh, Truman's reaction on that fantastic Sunday night game, Bears vs. Packers. But uh, as you know, we are new at this, and we uh, lost the audio from that uh, interview, and I didn't really feel like... Uh, creating a whole new type of interview like right before the show uh but we'll get his reaction soon enough um other than that though this was week one we just wrapped up week one last night uh with the uh jets and the lions and obviously the rams versus oakland it was the last game to finish up uh but week one of the nfl is officially over it was exciting it was emotional it was you know we had some injuries we had some debuts that went well we had some debuts that didn't go well as terms of coaching and playing um but we're gonna get into it we're gonna go down each game give you a score obviously of each game and i'm gonna go down the lineup and tell you you know who i liked in that game who i didn't like just some thoughts on those games so we'll start on the thursday night game atlanta versus philadelphia obviously philadelphia got the win 18 to 12 um it was kind of a boring game Uh, i know it was kind of a little bit interesting at the end but uh not much offense a little bit of defense here and there you know obviously the the key player in that game was julio jones i think he really proved the kind of threat that he is and i know a lot of people are blaming the falcons saying you know you guys lost because you don't throw to julio in the red zone but i saw a stat i forget where it was i forget where i saw it i don't really care um where they said julio is like oh for his last 25 uh, when he gets thrown at the thrown to in the red zone, um, I don't know if this is true. I don't know where I saw this, uh, but if that is true, you know I understand why the Falcons didn't do that. I think in this, I think we've kind of proved. I think Matt Ryan's a little overrated. I know that's a little uh, crazy to say because he did win MVP a couple years ago, but I think that was because of Kyle Shanahan's offense, and I think Julio's the top five receiver. Um, but obviously in this game, you know I think. A lot of people want to blame the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, but I just don't think the Falcons are that good. And then uh, we'll talk about this game a little bit more later. But obviously the winning team, Philadelphia, cool to see Philly get their their Super Bowl banner. Um, It was a good game for them. They played pretty well. Uh, Foles played better than people thought. You know, he had a pretty bad preseason, but good game all around for them. Then let's talk about this absolute dumpster fire of a franchise the buffalo bills they went and played the baltimore ravens and got blown out 47 to 3 this game was over before it even started uh it ended with lamar jackson and josh allen the two rookies finally getting some playing time and it was just a mess from the beginning nathan peterman i take back my bold prediction that he'll start all 16 games because that's just not going to happen he was terrible he was straight trash he was not good at all as many adjectives if you want to, as you want to use, but this guy was not good. Uh, Buffalo has come a long way from their playoff berth last year. Um, I see this team getting. We'll talk about it a little bit more, but I see this team getting a top five pick next year. They aren't going to do well this year. Um, even with Lashawn McCoy, they didn't run him at all, which made no sense. He didn't run very well, I guess. Uh, and they just have don't have a lot of weapons on the outside. Their defense, their secondary is decent. Their defensive line is decent, but I don't know. This team just screams bad to me, and Baltimore is not a world beater, forty-seven to three type of team. Um, 
So I think it's just going to be a bad season for Buffalo and Bills Mafia all around. Uh, so good luck to them as they try to kind of turn this around because I think it's going to be pretty tough. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, 21-21 tie, which is interesting to have a tie the first week. You don't see ties very often, and to have them the first week is kind of funny. And it's especially funny when you realize that Cleveland hasn't won a game in hasn't won a game on Sunday in 33 games, but you know they end their losing streak with a tie. I guess you know they didn't lose, they didn't win. We'll talk about that a little bit more later because uh, we got a question dealing with this game. But Pittsburgh, that's not what you want to see week one, baby. Tennessee versus Miami. Miami got the win, 27 to 20. You can't judge who's good, who's not good off this game because this game finished up around eight o'clock. It started at one, finished up at eight o'clock, just due to all these. Lightning delays, rain delays, it sucked. Um, so you can't judge either team, I think, yet. Uh, Miami did look solid. Tannehill looked good in his debut back from injury. Minnesota versus 49ers. Uh, Minnesota got the win 24-19. A bit of a closer game than people thought. Um, Garoppolo didn't look great. Kirk Cousins looked solid, and the Vikings defense still looked good. Um, so you can't really decide who... I think these are two good teams. You can't put, say, the 49ers are bad just because they lost. I think the Vikings are a solid team um, until next week when they get their ass beat by the uh, by the Packers. But uh, next game, Houston versus New England. New England looked really good. Everyone was saying how they've had a pretty bad offseason and they're you know they're, it's kind of a crack in the dynasty. But they kind of turned that away this week, beat Houston. Again, it's going to take a little bit, I think, for Deshaun Watson to get back up to full speed. I can't, you can't. Uh, Judge him based on this one game. Tampa versus New Orleans. A bit of a surprise. Fitzpatrick coming out and, you know, taking the top off of that New Orleans defense, which is supposed to be pretty solid. Um, he Fitzpatrick's interesting because he either comes out and he's either really, really, really good or really bad. Um, and that's why he's been in the league so long. Uh, but putting up 48 points versus a team that was in the you know, championship game last year, you know, in the divisional round last year, supposed to be in the championship game, uh, is interesting. Um, it's also a little bit of interesting with Jameis Winston when he comes back from a suspension. You know, if, if Fitzpatrick puts up, I think he's suspended three or four games. If Fitzpatrick wins all those games and puts up numbers like this, it's going to be very difficult for Dirk Cutter in the Tampa Bay offense to go back to a guy like Jameis Winston. Um, but we got a couple more weeks. Again, Fitzpatrick's either really good or really bad. So we'll see. Jacksonville versus the Giants. Giants, I think, they debuted, they debuted that new offense. Uh, you got Odell on the outside, and you got Saquon Barkley in the backfield, and you have a solid quarterback, Eli Manning. But none of that works if you don't have a good offensive line. And it proved clear in this game. Uh, I know they got some pieces, but Eric Flowers is straight-up trash on that offensive line. He's not good. And, you know, that Jacksonville defense really exploited that. Um, but Jacksonville didn't lead this game, you know, spotless. They had they had their ups and downs, and especially with uh, Leonard Fournette getting hurt. That's going to hurt them a lot if he's out for a long term. Kansas City, Kansas City versus San Diego. San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Kansas City got the win, 38-28. to Tyreek Hill looks like a potential MVP candidate. Uh I don't know what you know they did there. I don't know what what changed. I guess they finally realized that Tyreek Hill's just completely talented, but they decided to base their entire offense around him, and he looked so good. Same with Pat Mahomes. This is an exciting team. Uh, I think this this Kansas City team could has the potential to be really good, especially if Patrick Mahomes becomes 
what he was on Sunday. I mean, he was everything the Chiefs, I think, kind of wanted him to be um, when they drafted him. He made some fantastic throws. He hit his targets. He spread the ball around to everybody. Uh, I'd like to see Travis Kelsey maybe get a little bit more involved, and same with Kareem Hunt. But this this offense has a lot of weapons, a lot of talent. I could see them going really, really far, um, which is crazy because they did lose Alex Smith. But if Pat Mahomes plays to his potential, I could see this team becoming a playoff contender and even a Super Bowl contender in the next couple of years. Washington versus Arizona. Washington won 24-6. Alex Smith did his thing. Um, Adrian Peterson turned back the clock a little bit. I'm not sure if this score means that Washington is good. I just think it means Arizona is really, really bad. Sam Bradford is crappy. Um, he's not fun to watch at all. If I was Arizona, I get it. You want to give Rosen a little bit of a... You know, window to just sit back and watch um, and learn how to be a pro, but it wouldn't stop me from I I wouldn't Sam Bradford doesn't stop me from putting in Josh Rosen. I think Sam Bradford's past his prime. I think his time in the NFL as a starter is over. Um, I think teams are starting to realize that. Um, but other than that, it was a good game for Washington. Alex Smith played well. Adrian Peterson played well. Dallas versus Carolina. Kind of another boring game, 16-8 Carolina. Uh, Dallas looked like just lost. They looked out of sorts. They didn't look like the Dallas in the past couple years. They finally had Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott back. Um, not a lot of drama over the offseason with those two. But I think this is the year we prove is if Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. I know last year he had a little bit of a down year. But uh, if, he, if he throws up another one of those uh, years, it's going to be a long time uh, before, I don't know where my point is going there. But Dak Prescott, he's got to play better. And if he doesn't play better, Dallas is going to start to struggle. I think Ezekiel, he played well. He played decently well. Um, but I don't know. I think both of these teams are kind of on the uh, downturn right now, even though they have the talent to turn it around. And Seattle versus Denver, Case Keenum looks solid. Three interceptions, uh, but he did play. He had three touchdowns, I believe. Um I think both of these teams, you know, they met in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they've come a long way since then. The talent on this roster, on the, both of these rosters, has just been depleted over the last couple years due to free agency and retirements. Um, I think Seattle's done. I think Denver's on the on the you know decline right now. Uh, it's gonna be hard for them to bounce back. And then we'll go to the best game ever: Sunday night game, Packers versus the Bears. It is a tale of two halves. The first half, if we're looking at it from a Bears point of view, Bears fans, they looked really good. Nagy's offense looked really good. Trubisky looked really good. Uh, Khalil Mack looked like a straight-up defensive MVP right away. They're ready to give him the award after the first half. And things were looking good, and they were feeling good about themselves, and they felt like they had it going on. But... You know, then they injured Aaron Rodgers. Kaiser comes in. Khalil Mack gets that interception. And, you know, that pick six. And I think it's, everybody thought it was over. 20 nothing and a half. I thought it was over. Sherman thought it was over. We thought Aaron Rodgers was out for the rest of the season. That ACL tear scared me. Thoughts of that roaming around in my head. Uh, but we played well in the second half. Aaron Rodgers came back. He put up one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Um, he looked really, really, really good. And... He just proved time and time again why he's the best quarterback in the league, most talented quarterback in the league. And I think it's pretty obvious um, 
just watching that game. Some of those throws he had to Geronimo Allison on the outside, that was one of the greatest throws I've ever seen him make. And he just threw it like it was nothing. He threw it off his front foot. He couldn't really go back. He just really, he played so well. It was so beautiful, so much fun to watch. A Truman, we had a good conversation the other day. He was really passionate on the phone. We were screaming, hooping, we were screaming, hooting and hollering at halftime, at uh, the end of it, at midnight. And it was just so much fun to watch. I don't think Trubisky's there. I think he thought he was in the first half. He's not there yet. He showed promises, uh, but he's just not there yet. We'll talk about it a little bit more in a second here. But uh, 24-23 Green Bay. Then we had last night Jets versus Lions. Two debuts, Matt Patricia, head coach. Um, and obviously Sam Darnold, that quarterback. Sam Darnold's first pass was an interception, pick six. Things weren't looking good at first. But Sam Darnold proved to us why he was you know, the number one rated quarterback on most boards in the draft last, last year. And that's because he came back, was poised in the pocket, didn't let that pick destroy him. And he put up an amazing performance. He had a couple great throws. That touchdown to Robbie Anderson was a great throw. Um, well, that, well, that right there was a Pro Bowl caliber type of throw. The straight dime. Uh, he looked really good. Uh you know, it was cool to watch him. The Jets fans, they've been craving. They've been begging for a quarterback the last couple of years. And, you know, just based on week one, I think they have it. Um, but it's going to take a – there's a full season. we got 15 more games left. This is just a blip on the radar uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll see how it goes. The Lions, I think Patricia is a good defensive coordinator. I don't think he's meant to be a head coach. Um, I thought it was a good hire, but I just don't think he's ready to coach up an offense. And, you know, Stafford played like shit. I don't think I don't think he plays that way. I think he has more talent than that. I don't really know what happened last night. This team looked horrible. They looked like a, fit, a top five pick type of team um, last night. And the Jets, like I said, aren't world beaters. They have a pretty talented roster, but I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me as to how bad the Lions played last night. Then we had another debut last night, the Rams versus the Oakland Raiders, John Gruden. Um, Derek Carr came back from injuries, and they looked they looked decent in the first half. I'll give them that. But after the first half, they, they just – after the first couple drives, they looked like crap, and the Rams did what they're supposed to do. You know, we finally got to see that new roster last night, and they played really well. They played up to par. Um, the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL. I think it's clear after last night. Goff played well. There's no rumblings of a sophomore, of a, I guess not really a sophomore slump, junior slump, um, but he played really well. This team, everybody played well on this team, and it was just a testament to Sean McVay and, you know, this this Rams team to really put together all this talent. So they played well. Got to give them props to that. Um, and Oakland, I don't think Oakland's ready. I think John Gruden was an overrated hiring, uh, and we'll see how that goes for the rest of the season. Other than that, it was a good week, a good, solid first week of the NFL season. Um, but usually after the first week, people like to overreact, the media especially. They like to freak out. They like to take little things that went wrong and completely blow them up. And then, you know, week 16 time, the, whatever they said was that was overreacted usually doesn't pan out. Uh, but it is fun to do these overreactions. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to give a couple of my my favorite overreactions that I've seen, some of them that I've made up. Let's talk about it. Let's go straight to Buffalo. Um, Buffalo is a great sports town, one of the best fan bases in all the NFL. Uh, but this team, 
This team is bad. I'm going to say it, 0-16, Buffalo. They go 0-16. I don't see how they win a game. I don't think Josh Allen's ready to take over yet. I think they're going to put him out there, and he's not going to be ready um, because Nathan Peterman's just not good. I've come back on my bold prediction that he's going to be a decent quarterback, and uh, he's just not good. They don't have the weapons on the outside. Calvin Benjamin's overrated as shit. This team doesn't have any weapons besides LaShawn McCoy. Um so I think they go 0-16, they don't win a game, they become this year's Browns. Let's go to New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, yeah, New Orleans. I'm going to say New Orleans is overrated. That uh, Minnesota that Minnesota loss last year really hurt them, and they just they just fell apart. They, this defense is just gone. They don't really have any will to win, and they're that's over with. Um, Jameis Winston's over. He's gone. He's out, of, he's out of Tampa Bay. They're going to ride with Fitzpatrick now. Fitzpatrick played so well, and it's over for him, and everything like that is over. Uh, Dallas is done, too. Dallas is gone. This this team's falling apart. Uh, they're going to break it down in a couple years. Jameis Winston. Like I said, he's out of the NFL. We already talked about that. Sam Darnold is the savior. Um, what they call him? Sammy the savior last night. He is, he is the Jets' savior. Um, he is going to take this team to the Super Bowl in the next couple years. Tyree Kill's going to win the MVP. Jimmy Garoppolo is overrated. The point is, all of these don't matter because come week 10, Buffalo's going to win a couple games. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stable it a little bit. He's going to prove to be a good quarterback, which he is. Tyree Kill's still going to be a good player. He's not going to be three touchdowns a game type of thing. Sam Darnold might come back, might have a little bit of a rookie moment. Dallas won't be done. Winston will play another. Winston's going to be the starter when uh, he comes back from suspension. And the Saints put up 40 points. Fitzpatrick just had one of those days. Fitzpatrick's so crazy to me because this dude, Ryan Fitzpatrick, went to Harvard, by the way, is really an interesting story because this guy, there's something up with him. He just comes in and once, once – a year, maybe once every two years, he comes in and puts up performances like this. A couple years ago, he put up six touchdowns versus the Titans, I believe. Um, and he just floats from team to team, and every time they need a quick start, he comes out there and he just either is insanely good, and everybody you know thinks you know he should be the starter, or he's insanely bad, and he goes back to being a backup. It's interesting. It's Fitz magic. That's it's the best way to describe it. He is a magical quarterback. He's a magical man. And it makes no sense. It's fun as hell to watch the guy when he's on. Because when he's on, he's on. And when he's not, he's not. And, you know, it sucks that he really can't find consistency. Because he has the ability to be a good quarterback. He's just not consistent. So that doesn't make any sense to, sense to me. So the Saints aren't done. Uh, Dallas isn't done. They're going to both bounce back. They just had bad weeks. Uh, Fitz. Uh, the Saints got caught up in the Fitz magic. They'll be fine next week, and uh, everybody will right the ship, and things will go back to where they are. Even though I don't like to do overreactions, each week what we're going to do is we're going to, maybe not each week, but this week, uh, this week mostly, we're going to do uh, two teams that suck, two teams that don't suck. So, I'm going to go through this. Uh, I'm going to give two teams that suck, two teams that are pretty decent, I think. Uh, and we'll start with the sucky. Uh, the two teams I think we can pound a nail in that they're done is Buffalo. They won't be making the playoffs. And a little surprise, I'm going Lions. I think the Lions and the Bills are two crappy franchises. I think they'll be at the bottom of the pack this year. Um, 
just because off of their first performances, I really didn't see anything to make me th- think differently. Uh, shout out to my boy Shu. He texted me last night. He's a Lions fan. He told me, listen, I know you're going to do the show tomorrow by yourself. Obviously, no Truman because Truman doesn't grind like I do. Uh, no Truman. He said, go as hard as you want in the Lions. So I said, Shu, I said, don't worry. I will because the Lions are straight ass. This team looked so bad last night. Matt Stafford was like 0 for 4 with the interception. And if I was a fan of this fan base, fan of this team, if I was part of this fan base, I don't know if I could do it. Honestly, I might have to just stop watching football. I think the Lions are one of the worst franchises of the last couple years. I think last night really proved it. They're supposed to have this new revamped offensive uh, offense with you know this new running back. They finally found you know the good running back system that they've been looking for, and they didn't show anything like that last night. Stafford looked like trash. Abdullah looked like trash. Uh, Riddick's just a receiving back. Johnson and Blunt are two. Um, complimentary backs to a good running back and they don't have any good running backs this defense is decent at best um they got some decent pieces but other than that in a whole this team is just boring and crappy to watch and i'm putting the suck stamp on them right now as we speak uh but let's be a little bit more positive. Let's go to the good stamp i'm gonna go kansas city i'm gonna stamp them as good i think this is a good team I think a lot of that depends on Pat Mahomes, how well he plays. But this team, this offense is so full of uh, talent. Uh, this defense is a little shaky. I don't understand why they traded Marcus Peters. But this defense is still a little shaky. But this offense is good. This offense is really, really good. They have Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunt. Pat Mahomes has all the weapons in place for him to succeed. All he has to do is not break it, and he'll be good. And he didn't... He he did more than just not break it. He played well, and if he continues to play that way, I think he will. This team is good. Another team is our nation's capital, the Washington Redskins. They played really, really well. Alex Smith ran the offense with ease. Um, I think Alex Smith is a good quarterback for them to have right now because he's just going to put the team in the right position. And if Adrian Peterson, they can get some more out of Adrian Peterson. They can just get you know what they got of him last this week. Uh, they can just keep getting that type of performance. This team's going to be good for years to, for not years to come, for weeks to come. Uh, so hopefully we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I'm going to stamp Washington and Kansas City as two good teams. So we got the bad teams right now are Detroit and Buffalo, and the good teams we're going to go Washington and Kansas City. So. We're going to move on to our next NFL topic, uh, Rodgers versus Brady. We hinted at it on the Twitter. That game, Aaron Rodgers coming back from pretty much everyone thought would be a, at least a game-ending ending injury, maybe even season-ending injury. He came back, and part of what makes Aaron Rodgers so good is his ability to extend plays by moving out of the pocket and just, you know, when things break down, just doing kind of a backyard football type of thing where you just run around and find whoever's op- whoever is open. That w- that's what makes him so good. Is also he can run a little bit. When that was a completely taken away from him, when he couldn't run at all, when he was playing basically on one leg, he had to rely, you know, on standing in the pocket, making the right throws, and he just oh, 
he made some of those throws he made on Sunday night was just absolutely insane. I think we kind of proved it. He proved it single-handedly. He is the best quarterback in this league. He is the most talented. He's not Brady accomplished. He doesn't have as many rings as Brady. But that doesn't matter because Brady didn't win those rings by himself. Bill Belichick was the main reason as to why Tom Brady won, won those rings. Tom Brady doesn't make those throws that Aaron Rodgers makes. And it makes me mad when people say that Brady is worlds above Rodgers. He's not. Rodgers is so much better than Brady. He just hasn't had the talent that Tom Brady has had. So you go, you look at it if you really want to prove this point. Put Tom Brady on the Packers. Put Aaron Rodgers on the Patriots. Aaron Rodgers wins more Super Bowls than Tom Brady if he was on the Patriots. Brady doesn't win at least, doesn't even win one on the Packers. That's because Bill Belichick is just so good. His system is so good. He makes every quarterback good. And that just doesn't happen anywhere else. Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Bill Belichick makes Tom Brady. Tom Brady does not make Bill Belichick. You put Tom Brady on the Packers, he's going to be way worse than what he is right now. Aaron Rodgers is worlds above Tom Brady in terms of playing quarterback. You ask any GM, they're gonna take Tom. They're gonna take Aaron Rodgers uh, over Tom Brady because Aaron Rodgers is just so talented. And I understand. You look at just straight rings. Aaron Rodgers is far behind Tom Brady. But Tom Brady didn't win those Super Bowls single-handedly. It was Aaron. It was Bill Belichick and his system. It was Malcolm Butler's pick. It was the Falcons choking it away. It was Adam Vinatieri kicking it through the uprights. That's what made Tom Brady win all the Super Bowls. Not his arm on by himself. Aaron Rodgers is the reason why the Packers are so good. It's because of his arm. He is the best quarterback to ever play the position. He has the most talented arm out of any quarterback in NFL history. And I'm sorry. I didn't want to get you know as, as worked up about this as I can be. I'm trying to curtail that a little bit. But Aaron Rodgers is so much better than Tom Brady, and it is so clear. And if anybody, and if you don't believe that, you don't watch football, you don't understand football, because Aaron Rodgers is worlds above Tom Brady, and that is just straight facts. Uh, last thing in the NFL, Keanu Neal tore his ACL. Deion Jones was put on IR today. Falcons defense is falling apart. Two good, solid young players hurt, done for the season. Uh, Deion Jones actually is not done for the season. He'll be back. But uh, other than that, that sucks. You know, hopefully the Falcons can replace that. I don't know. It's gonna be tough. I don't. Falcons. I think that Super Bowl loss a couple years ago to the Patriots two years ago that just killed them. I think that's the best they'll ever be in the next couple years. That's the best Matt Ryan will ever play. So I'm just gonna say they're done for right now. I like Dan Quinn. I think he's a good head coach, but this team's just not as good as they were a couple years ago. We're going to move now to some college football, but before that, I want to remind you that our show is obviously brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, you can get a haircut and you can get a style. Uh, that's the cheapest haircut you'll find anywhere. Uh, the cuts get better every single time because Dom is always upgrading his equipment. He's always learning. He's always trying to get better. Uh, there's no... Nowhere around in the world, I think you can find a cheaper haircut than D's home cuts. So give him a call. Give him a uh, hit him up on Twitter. Look at his Instagram. I think Instagram is probably your best bet at Dom's Home Cuts, D's Home Cuts, whatever. Find him. You can search him. You'll see the D logo uh, in the profile picture. 
if you're still a little concerned about letting Dom cut your hair, uh, look at those videos. Look at everything he's done. You know, me and Truman have been getting our hair cut there for the last couple of months, and we have never looked or felt better. He get the cuts get better every single time. You don't think they are, but you go in there and they get better every single time. Uh, so go to his Instagram, look at all his videos. And then when you finally realize that you're being an idiot because you haven't gotten a haircut with Dom yet, set up an appointment directly in his bio. It's easy. It's quick. And you'll get a $7 haircut, a great haircut. Uh, so go ahead and check them out. These home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So college football, we'll roll through this real quick. Ohio State is the best team in the country, I believe. Alabama played well, but Ohio State's offense, I think, is worlds above Alabama. Uh I think Ohio State put their defense together a little bit more. They're going to get Urban Meyer back in two weeks. they got TCU this weekend. I think they're going to blow the doors off TCU. Dwayne Haskins, I think, is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think he deserves contention for a top pick. Um, And Tate Martell, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, came out, finally got his first really solid action, was kind of able to throw the ball a little bit more, and he showed off his arm and his skill and his athleticism. And it really proved to us as to why he won so many games in high school and why he's the next Johnny Manziel. Clemson. It's, it ain't working, guys. It ain't it. Two quarterback systems not working for you. Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant, that's not working. Pick one and stick with it. Stick with Kelly Bryant. Trevor Lawrence, I get it. He's going to be a number one overall pick in the next couple of years here. But he's just... Kelly Bryant is ready. He's ready to take off. And that's why you guys almost got your ass beat by Texas A&M. Texas A&M's on the rise. Clemson, I think, they need to put it together. They need to figure out who they want to start, and they need to figure it out now because it's just hurting the team by, you know, not being able to figure out who you want to start yet. Um, Obviously, I think they should start Kelly Bryant because I think he's more experienced. I think he's better right now than Trevor Lawrence. But Trevor Lawrence has the bigger upside. And it's just a big conundrum for Dabo Sweeney, but that's why he gets paid the big bucks to figure it out. And he better figure it out because they're not gonna, they're not gonna, you know, survive against an Alabama. They're not gonna survive against uh, Ohio State. You know, one of those top programs. Uh, other than that. Arizona State, the Herm Edwards experience is working so far. 2-0. They beat Michigan State, who I think Michigan State's a little overrated. I don't know why. They're still ranked in the AP uh, poll. They suck, I think. Um, Herm Edwards, that's working out really well for them so far. They're putting it together a little bit. Uh, and that's interesting because most people were making fun of Herm Edwards, saying you know he's not going to be the fix there. Uh, but he's, he's putting it together. I've got to give the guy credit. So that's it for college football. We'll talk about it a little bit more next show. Uh, big matchups, Ohio State playing TCU. That's going to be a huge deal. It's going to be a big game. But we're going to move now to baseball. So obviously that was a lot of football talk. We're halfway through the show right now. We're almost done. Uh, and we just did a whole thing on football. But football is the greatest sport in the world. That don't. That's not even a question. So we're going to move on to baseball, though. The second favorite best sport in the world, the playoffs. You smell it when you walk outside. It's football season. Everybody knows it. You you walk outside. You get that little hint of cold weather. You know, here in Ohio, we're finally wearing hoodies again. It's starting to get to hoodie season, the best season. And you can smell that bonfire crackling in your nose. You know it's football season. You got the Friday night lights, Saturday morning college football, and Sunday all-day football NFL now. 
But you know that in this season, in this football season to start, playoff baseball's on the rise, over on the horizon. It's coming, and it's coming quickly. And people are getting excited, and teams are slowly, these rosters are starting to expand. Teams are dropping off. Teams are making that last little roster movement to fix it. Teams are trying to stay hot. Teams are trying to, you know, get hot at the right moment. Because we have playoff baseball right around the corner. And you know what Tuesday is. That is playoff, MLB playoff standing updates. AL hasn't changed at all. It's Boston, Houston, Cleveland, New York, and Oakland still. I think that will that's what we're going to have here. So that means we're going to have an Oakland-New York wildcard game. Nothing better than that. Oakland, I think, is one of the best teams in the league right now. And I think this is a team that could shock the Yankees. Because in one game, a one-game sudden-death playoff, anything can happen. And obviously, playoff baseball in New York is exciting. Uh, Houston and Cleveland, they're going to be playing. Cleveland, I know I'm biased. But Cleveland's an interesting team. I know today, we'll talk about it in a minute, Josh Donaldson's being activated. That means that if we set up the lineup, our starting lineup, like we should... Everybody 1 through 9 has been in an all-star game at least once in their career. This is a talented team. We're going to lock up the division within the next couple of days here. Um, and that way we'll be able to kind of sit and uh, adjust our starting rotation the way we want, work some things out. We're not going to be fighting to win this division here. Uh, I think we already got that locked up. So Cleveland's interesting. In the NL, it's a little bit tighter, but I think we're slowly starting to see that it's, you know, becoming you know set i guess if that makes sense the cubs are one atlanta two colorado's at three right now uh, and then milwaukee and st louis uh with those one two wild card spots the dodgers are two games back from the wild card spot i believe i'm not sure what they are in the division um so it's going to be interesting to see Arizona's not completely out of it they're four games back from the wild card seed i didn't really look at the standings in the division but uh i don't know Playoff baseball is right around that corner. And once once the teams get set, once we start seeing that champagne getting popped in the locker room, you know, for a team that clinches their division, you know we're into the full swing of things. We're still on the tail end of summer and fall. Summer and fall are kind of, you know, fighting for that upper position. We're going to get – it's supposed to be hot again this week. Tomorrow I think it's supposed to get like 85, which is unbearable. But uh, people have had that taste of fall, had that taste of cold weather. I think uh, – it's going to slowly uh, start to get a little bit more colder out. And next thing you know, it's playoff baseball. And, you know, it's for a full swing to that NFL season. But with playoff baseball comes the Indians. Josh Donaldson. He's being activated tonight uh, versus the Rays. Going to be really exciting. He's in the lineup. I forget where he's batting, but he is batting. Uh, he is playing third. Um I guess some teams, Houston, the Yankees, the Red Sox are pretty pissed because we got him because they didn't get him because uh, they just know the type of talent this guy has when healthy. He hasn't been healthy the last couple of years, but he's had, I think, three months off, and he's fully ready to go. Uh, I guess Houston, Boston, and the Yankees are kind of annoyed because when we traded for him, they said he wasn't hurt. You can't trade a player on the DL. Uh, but as soon as he got here, we put him on the DL 10, a uh, 10 day DL, uh, just because we wanted to get him a little bit, you know, a little bit of a, a at bats type of thing, type of situation. Uh, but, you know, I don't care though. I don't care that the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Astros are whining. It doesn't matter to me. 
The fact of the matter is, we got Josh Donaldson. They don't. That's not going to change. Toronto doesn't have him anymore. We have him. He's going to be, if he could be even half of what he was in 2015, this was a great addition. And I'd love to see him signed up for, you know, maybe a an extension with the Indians. That would really get me going. But uh, other than that, he's on our team. Screw you, Yankees. Screw you, Red Sox. Screw you, Houston. We got him. He's going to ride with us. He's on our team in the playoffs. You can't have him. And that's why the Indians are going to be one of those sleeper teams in the league uh, in the playoffs this year. All right, let's talk some basketball. We haven't talked basketball in a little bit. Um, we're going to talk the Hall of Fame class. I think Hall of Fame of the in the basketball is one of the most stupid things in all sports. Um, everybody gets in every single year. Um, bench players, people that really didn't do that much in the NBA. But we had some pretty, I'd say four solid names. All guys that deserved it. Ray Allen, Grant Hill, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. Steve Nash, if you don't know, is one of my favorite basketball players of all time. Uh, just the way he was able to control the court made him deadly. And, uh, you know, obviously Ray Allen's one of the best players of all time. Jason Kidd, Grant Hill, all put together solid careers. Um, that's it. That's all I really wanted to say on that. Um, because I think the basketball Hall of Fame is a little bit stupid. Um, even though, uh, well, I'm looking through my notes real quick. Even though, you know, it is the Hall of Fame, I just feel like a lot of guys get in every single year. Um, other than that, though, that's all I want to talk about with baseball. Now I want to talk my guy, Andrew Ellis, at A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's Lawn Service has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Turn to A's. Trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Guys, it's football season. It's fall. It's getting cold out now. Um... It's getting harder and harder to find time to mow the lawn with all this football on TV and especially playoff baseball coming up. Uh, so turn to A's. Uh, they'll do all the work for you. You don't have to do lawn work. You don't have to worry about that on the weekend. The phone number is – and also, leaf season's coming up. When those when those leaves start falling from the trees, it's it kind of gets annoying to uh, you know get the blower out and blow them onto the street or pick them up you know, with a rake, whatever. Turn to A's. They'll take care of all of that for you at a low and fair price. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. Boldest move of the week. We talk about this every single week. We're going to start getting this going a little bit more. Um, I'm going to post a, a uh, poll on Twitter. Please go ahead and vote. Um, I haven't done that the last couple times because I've just been stupid. Uh, but we're going to do that again this week. Two of them. we got two new coaches. When a new coach comes out on the sidelines, it's interesting to see what his style is, what kind of a... Uh, you know, shirts he rocking, you know, is he doing the Nolan uh, suit type of thing, the visor, the hat, you know, that's a that's a big type of contention. So we got two of those this week, two new coaches, my guy Matt, not my guy, screw him, Matt Nagy, and my guy Matt Patricia, um, both in the NFC North, both made some questionable choices with their hat wear uh, on Sunday and Monday, actually, with Matt Patricia. 
So what was more bold? Matt Nagy wearing a visor as a bald man because most bald men don't wear visors or Matt Patricia rocking the backwards hat with the pencil behind the ear even though he has a laminated play sheet. Doesn't make any sense to me why you would have a pencil behind your ear with a laminated play sheet. You can't even write on it. What? He's just doing it to look cool, I think, doing it to look like a, like a, uh, like he knows more than everybody else, but I mean, you have a pencil with a laminated sheet, makes no sense. Then Matt Nagy obviously wearing the visor. You don't wear a visor as a bald man. Visors are reserved for people with hair. Um, he had the great opportunity just to wear a regular baseball hat, and then Patricia Rock in the backwards hat is cocky. And you know, when you get your ass beat by the Jets, you don't really deserve to do that. But uh, vote online. What was the boldest move of the week? We got to get the question and answer now. Let's keep let's lock, knock it off with some of these great questions that were submitted to us by viewers. Uh, go ahead and predict after week one what the top five picks are going to be in this year's NFL draft. So, like I said, I think week one it's a little bit too early to react to how good a team is going to be, but we'll do it obviously because we were asked, and whatever question we were asked, we will answer. So, let's go top five. I think number one. I think Buffalo is going to get the number one pick. This is just off of week one. I can't base it off of you know the season, how well the season's going to turn out. Uh, these guys could completely turn it around and make me look like an idiot. I think Buffalo's in line to get that number one pick. I think the Lions are in line to get the number two pick. Arizona, three. Oakland, four. And Tennessee, five. Again, Tennessee played in a pretty tough game. They lost their quarterback. They, it was suspended due to lightning about three times, it seemed like. Uh, Oakland, that was their first game with John Gruden. Arizona, first game with Steve Wilkes. The Lions' first game with Patricia. And then Buffalo's first... No, Buffalo looked like trash. Uh, so I really don't see a lot of these working out. I don't think any of these... Well, it's a possibility that some of these teams do it. But who knows? It's going to take me at least halfway through the season to fully decide. Before we get into a prediction season with the draft... Uh, so that was a bold question to ask, but we love bold questions submitted by bold users, so keep sending them in. Browns fans, got a question from one of your disciples. Uh, not going to mention the name uh, because I think most Browns fans want to be anonymous because they know that being a Browns fan kind of sucks. Uh, Browns fans, Brown fan asked, should he be mad? Should he be mad that the, that the Steelers tied? That's a tough question because as a Packer fan, we have experienced a lot of wins over the last couple of years. Um, a tie to me sucks because you know you didn't win, you didn't lose. You don't know if you should be mad or you don't know if you should be happy. I think you should be frustrated, not mad. Frustrated because this team had an opportunity to win multiple times. They had five turnovers. They had the ability to win the game. Shout out Denzel Ward, Ohio State. Uh, shout out Darren Lee too, Ohio State. Both had two picks. Uh. They had an opportunity to win this game time and time again. Steeler fans, too, you had the time and time again to win this game. You were supposed to win this game. The Browns debuted that new Todd Haley offense, that innovative offense with Tyrod Taylor, Carlos Hyde, all these guys, Jarvis Landry, and it just didn't look that good. You know, In the end, it looked a little bit better, but they just weren't throwing the ball down the field as much as I think they should. They didn't get the ball to Antonio Callaway or Nujoku. They didn't. Didn't get the ball to Jarvis Landry as much as I thought they should. Um, seemed like every time they throw to Jarvis, he was making great catches, but they just wouldn't do it. They only threw to Josh Gordon once, and he had a great catch up the sidelines for a touchdown. So you should be mad. You should be. You shouldn't be mad. Actually, you should be frustrated. Like I said, um, 
at the fact that you know this team was supposed to be you know really really good and they just had a pretty bad outing I think even though they tied it did end your losing streak so I can't say you know I would be extremely frustrated it's just annoying it was a boring game to watch I watched the entire thing living in the Cleveland market you kind of have to uh, watch that especially with some Browns fans in your household but uh, so no you shouldn't be mad you should be frustrated you shouldn't be glad you should just be like I said frustrated I think is a good word. Last question we got, what are our thoughts on Le'Veon Bell? We've talked about this a lot with Le'Veon. Uh, what are our thoughts on him? Why didn't? Why hasn't he shown up? What's his deal? Why does, Why is he refusing to show up and play? Um, why is he talking crap on Twitter? And I think this is a strange situation because I kind of agree with all sides. I kind of see where all sides are, are uh, going. Um, I understand all sides, all points of view. Fans, obviously, they're pissed at Le'Veon because they want him to play. They feel like he's he should play for him. He's going to get paid a lot if he comes out and plays. Um, so I understand that. I understand the ownership. They don't want to invest a long-term deal in a running back uh, because the running back's uh, prime is very, very short and very, very quick. And they obviously have a talented back in James Conner who's younger and has the possibility to be as talented as Le'Veon. And then you look at Le'Veon's side of the things. You know, why should he play under a franchise tag if he could just save the year, take the year off, save all those carries, save, you know, 400 plus carries because the Steelers use him a lot, save that wear and tear on his body and just go out next year and get a huge deal from some team because some team's going to pay him what he wants. Some people are going to pay him. It's going to be a stupid owner. I hope it's not the Packers are going to pay him a huge deal just because he's so talented. Um, so I understand all sides. What, what he should do, I think, is just honestly suck it up and play. I think that relationship is repaired, is, is broken beyond repair, though, right now. Um, I don't think Le'Veon's very happy at the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers are very happy with Le'Veon. And same with the fans. Uh, so I think he's going to have to just grit his teeth, play the season out. Um, hopefully, James Conner plays a little bit more if I was Le'Veon. Uh, but he's going to have to play it out. Because he has to come back. If he doesn't come back by week 10, he doesn't count as a season. He'll just be under the franchise tag again next year. So he's going to have to come back. He's going to have to play. But I don't know. If I'm a fantasy owner too, I'm pissed. But other than that, that's the end of the show today. Thanks for those questions. Those are good questions. Keep sending those in. We love answering those. Uh, other than that, that's the end of our show today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Two great companies by owned by two great friends. Uh We've known these guys for a long time. We wouldn't be supporting them if the, we didn't you know, trust them and their business and their product. Uh, tune in on 12 Ounce tomorrow from 7 to 8 a.m. on your commute. Uh, listen to us on YouTube. Listen to us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Rate, review us, and subscribe. So you do not miss a single episode every Tuesday, every Thursday. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12 or Instagram. Twitter is the best way if you want to be a guest. If you want to send us questions, comments, concerns, segments you don't like, segments you do like, we say it every single week. If you have anything to say about TNT Sports Talk at all, good, negative, ugly, bad, whatever, send it to us on Twitter through the DMs because they're always open uh, and give us a quick follow so you can see you know what's coming up on the next show. You can vote on our boldest move segment. Uh, other than that, have a great day. Tune in on Thursday. We're going to be making some NFL picks with Bears fan Brian Leonard. He's going to call in. Hopefully, I'm hoping to do that every week now where we get somebody on to call in. Uh, 
Again, we were supposed to have Truman call in today, but the audio was screwed up. That's my fault. So I'm hoping to have somebody call in every single show. So it's not just me talking for an hour straight because it gets kind of tough after a while. Uh, but other than that, have a great day. Tune in on Thursday. Brian Leonard, we're going to get his quick thoughts on the game on Sunday. And we're also going to get his NFL picks for week two. And you'll get my picks for week two. Uh, other than that, have a great day and tune in on Thursday.